So you want to start a podcast. You feel like it's what God's putting on your heart to do, but you have no idea where to go from there. Anchor.fm is what I used to edit and to put this podcast out to you each and every week. So if you feel like that's on your heart, you don't know where to start and you want something super easy, go to anchor.fm and get started today. Welcome to season 13 of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear the freedom story of the individual in today's podcast episode. I pray that it will leave you encouraged and it will also lead you to a closer relationship with God. Please share this with whoever you think needs to hear this message today. And thank you for your continued support and for listening and being with me for almost three years now. So God bless and let's do this. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I'm excited today to introduce you guys to Jennifer Ives. Uh, Her book just came out at the beginning of this month called Awaken the Dreamscape, the building blocks for understanding the supernatural power of your dreams. So we will get into that book and her other books later. But right now, let's learn more about Jennifer. So first of all, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Gina. I'm so glad to be on this show. It's my first time with you. So this is good. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm our mutual friend, your publicist, Rebecca. She's amazing. And she always, uh, she's like, I think she would be a great fit. So it's like, okay, let's bring her on. So, okay. <laughs> so can you tell my <laughs> listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my husband and I, we are co-pastors of Harvest Church here in Charlotte, California. Uh, we have been ministering here for over 25 years mm-hmm. and we've grown from one campus to five campuses. And um, we uh, are really in a sweet spot right now. It's been a, a long time coming mm-hmm. and uh, the church is thriving. There is uh, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. People are being discipled and uh, as well as uh, encountering the presence of God uh, from Sunday to Sunday and in their daily lives. So uh, we enjoy it. Uh, we have a good team. We have a good staff. Um, our children are fantastic. Um, we have uh, two, I, I describe them as two naughty dogs, two naughty Bashans. <laughs> but, uh, about the about the age of your your um your your cat that you just showed me uh you know your beautiful cat that you just showed me and so we are just plugging away um I I do a lot of work in the nations mm-hmm. um and I enjoy that as well that's awesome and I see one nation that you do a lot of work with is Australia and New Zealand area I and- do that has been my focus um at, surprisingly for the last uh, six or seven years uh, that's mm-hmm. the longest concentration I've had in a a nation. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. Oh, that's amazing. That's actually number one on my bucket list. And it has been since I was probably seven or eight years old. And my grandmother went to uh, Australia. And the first time, first time she sent me a picture of her holding a koala, I was done. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It is a wonderful nature and different for us. Definitely. Right. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about your freedom story. My freedom story, well, I have a testimony that's expanded mm-hmm. um, more than once, and that's that's kind of strange to say, well, don't you know what happened to you? Well, I, I thought I did, 
Um, <laughs> I had a, a testimony that I was sharing for the longest time until I was 47 years old. And then my memories came back and mm -hmm. psych psychologists, counselors, they understand this very well. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. Uh, basically, when you have something called uh, complex trauma, complex PTSD, uh, when things happen to you that you cannot handle, uh, your mind might block it out or just mm -hmm. kind of go on ice. And it felt like yeah. my my memories thought out and they started to come back. Um, so I found out I had quite a different uh, story and narrative than I thought that I did. Um, so mm -hmm. I wasn't lying. I was just simply didn't know I was in the dark, literally. Um, mm -hmm. But then it started coming out and, uh, you know, my biological father, he was, uh, he's deceased now, but he lived in Hollywood. Um, again, this is years ago. This is my growing up years. This is not anything real recent. Uh, but in my growing up years, he lived in Hollywood and he was part of the satanic uh, pedophile network, uh, the organized network there. He was an accountant there, he's in the finance industry. Um, and so I was subjected to all of that. I have um, uh, very strong occult streams in both sides of the family. I only have really come out with what has gone on with him. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a really, um, it, it's not so much the Satanism and the occult stuff that I dealt with. It's more of how do you recover from trauma that bad? Mm -hmm. how to recover from memories that bad. And a lot of people believe that they can't get over can't get over that kind of stuff. And I will say I'm still in my healing journey, um, but I'm definitely uh, a walking miracle according to those who understand this. And so I'm here to say that God's word is true. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You're going to have to work at it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a process. It's not easy. So I wrote a book, my previous book before this, this current one uh, really discusses that the spirit, spiritual, emotional, and physiological nature of trauma and how that works and what it's going to take to recover, but you can. Mm -hmm. Wow. What you say is totally true because I know I've had that in my own life where there mm -hmm. was things that I couldn't remember. There's actually still things that have blocks on them. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with it. And I keep telling God, I'm like, if you ever take the block off, just hold me tight because I don't want to remember those things. Like I don't want to mm -hmm. see those. So if you're going to bring them to my mind, just make sure I'm ready. <laughs> Cause I know mm -hmm. I'm not in my own strength. I know I'm not ready to hear it or see it. So definitely. So how did you begin the process of going through the healing journey of what the things you found out about? Well, it started with um, dealing with uh, just a core struggle that I had for as long as I can remember. I hated a person. There was a woman that I hated. Mm -hmm. And when I was, you know, younger, it, it kind of made sense. At least I thought it did. But then when you're older, you're like, this is ridiculous. This is dumb. My, you know, because my rational, my rational logic was like, get over it. Uh, because I had really nothing uh, concrete to pin it to. Mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't remember why I hated this person. Mm -hmm. And so I got to the place where it was consuming me. It was taking over. It was spilling out on people who reminded me of that personality, who carried that same personality uh, to the point where I was scared that I was going to react in a very, very um, hideous way. So mm -hmm. I went uh, once again, I went to get some help. Um, but finally, um, I started to get some breakthrough and I started to remember. Um, and so I started to remember why I hated this person. Um, mm -hmm. I started to remember sexual abuse. Um, when sexual abuse comes at you from a female, I had no grid for that. 
That is something so foreign to me. Uh, you know, like I, I just couldn't wrap my mind around that. And so I started working through that. And I thought, oh, that'll be two or three years with the counselor. Okay, let's get busy. Let's get over it. Um, and then, uh, you know, when when I started talking to this person, because this woman was connected to my biological father, I'm like, and I did know that he had sexually abused me as well. Um, and that's all I knew. But I asked the question one day, I said, I wonder why they both were pedophiles. And then when I asked that question, it all started to surface. I will say that I probably was ready because uh, your heart is in the dark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the parts of your heart that are in the dark, that are not whole, those are parts of you that cannot worship God, no matter how sincere mm -hmm. you are. Those are parts of you that can't carry the anointing. They can't carry the call of God. And so you're, you're constantly feeling like your life is being cut short from what God has intended for you. And that's God's protection system so that you don't get crushed under the anointing because your heart can't handle it. You don't have a heart for it. And so in order for you to carry what God intends for you to carry, and the battle is very real. Satan does not play fair. He knows his anointed, God's anointed ones. He goes after them young, um, but God has a way to, to help you overcome. And I remember when he uh, spoke to me and he said, Satan tried everything to defeat you. Um, he says, but you didn't get defeated. You got weaponized. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, he began to speak to me that I've made you lethal and Satan's afraid of you now. So just go at it. And, you know, I was so encouraged at the words of the Lord through this process. He was always good to speak um, and give me an encouragement that no human being could give to me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm very, very encouraged. No, I'm not done healing. I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, someone asked me, are you resolved? I'm like, no, I'm not resolved, but I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I've seen the defeat of the enemy. I've seen, uh, to write a book about it, uh, and to unleash so many people is mm -hmm. such justice, mm -hmm. you know, those, those are God designed justice. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you were going through that healing journey, or as you're going through that healing journey, what Bible verse or verses have kept you anchored? Well, uh, several of them, just depending on, you know, what I was uh, working through, but my, I, I would say my go-to was whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Mm -hmm. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And really uh, coming to embrace truth on a whole nother level that, that I have to know, um, in his timing, you know, in his grace, um, but that he has something to say about what's happening to you. And he's always triumphed. His word is always triumphed any narrative that, that Satan tries to get you to believe about yourself. Cause he really wants to um, degrade your identity in the Lord and make you feel like you are, um, you are a product of your past mm -hmm. and uh, you are a product of your negative past and, and you are defiled and you are tainted. And um, you know, who, who's going to consider you for anything because of these things. Uh, but God is bigger than that. He's so much bigger than that. And the gifts and callings of God are irreversible. It doesn't matter what got thrown at you. And so we might start out bad, but it's how we end up that matters. And so God is, um, he's interested in our hearts more than our ministry, but ministry will flow out of what happens in our hearts. And so it's, it, the Lord knows the byproduct. So he, he concentrates on you, the whole you to bring you back together. Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful picture of yeah. freedom. Yeah. I love that. So how long have you been on that part of your journey? I would say a good five to seven years. Mm -hmm. 
that mm-hmm. piece of it. Yeah. Well, that gives encouragement to people because like you said before, people think that they're one and done. And mm-hmm. I know the, when I went through my own healing journey back in 2020, the person leading the group that I was in always said, you're healed and you're healing at the same time. Like you, you go was... through each thing and you get healed, but then there's something else comes up and you need to work through that. And it just kind of mm-hmm. keeps going like that. And then ultimately you reach ultimate freedom. And for some people that'll happen when, when you take your last breath here and your first breath in heaven. Right. So, and you can be messy and yeah. be anointed. Just right. have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, have a plan. And, you know, my, my thing is when I know somebody's working on their stuff, I trust them. They mm-hmm. don't have to be perfect in the moment. I know mm-hmm. a lot of ministers who have uh, really deep issues. The ones I trust are the ones who are doing something about it. Yeah. And, and I'm okay that they're, they're working through something. I'm totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I think we all are to an extent. Yeah. We've always got something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We live in a messy world. So yeah, it's not a perfect I think we world, have a so. lot more grace for people. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking for that plan. I'm looking for um, that engagement of, mm-hmm. you know, of healing in their life. And that mm-hmm. that's what I'm counting on. That's so true. So when did you get into writing books and ministering around the world and all the things that you get into that you're into? Well, I always had a heart for the nations. The Lord called me uh, as a prophet to the nations uh, through a very significant um, encounter at one of our conferences here. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was instantly confirmed when I came out of that trance. I literally went into a trance and he began to speak to me Um, and and it was confirmed instantly. You know, he's speaking to me in this trance, you're a prophet to the nations. And then I come out of it and one of our ministers is shouting over me, you're a prophet to the nations. I'm like, okay, that was instant. Uh, So I had a heart for the nations and I just kind of uh, listen to the Lord and uh, doors would open and I would just go minister uh, in different nations as he uh, gave, you know, as he opened doors and, and gave me the green light for, um, but actually concentrating in breaking open nations. That's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marilyn Hickey has spoken about that. She's one of my role models mm-hmm. and she's spoken about that and what that takes. And so I, I feel as difficult as it is, you know, and you have to really um, navigate discouragement and just and and navigate uh, just some of the hurdles that happen with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very challenging, to, you know, to your faith, uh, but it's it's satisfying at the same time because you're in your sweet spot mm-hmm. and you're in the flow of what God would have you to do. Now, the books, on the other hand, um, that that really was. Uh, one of those things, uh, you know, again, my testimony would expand. Um, I started dealing with some issues connected to Freemasonry that was also in our family. Um, mm-hmm. Freemasonry will bind uh, several generations at a time. There will be a certain set of issues that the family will deal with. You can trace it quite easily, I, I feel. And you have to do some some work with that because it's an occult structure. Mm-hmm. And so there are curses that are engaged. And their their contracts, their covenants, and even though you're saved, even though you are, um, you know, going to heaven, there's no question about that. Satan tries to use those those curses, those contracts, to hold your life in bondage until somebody does something about it. It's just mm-hmm. engaging the blood of Jesus over your life. So I dealt with that. Um, uh, it came to light very very clearly, and I I just dealt with it. But on the heels of it, 
it was it was really strange. On the heels of it, I started getting uh, communication and inquiries about, will you write for me? You know, can you write for me? It was like right as soon as it got delivered, mm -hmm. a generational curse, a generational blessing emerged. We have a, um, a generations of writing. That's a whole nother story. But but anyway, um, I started getting, I mean, it's so random. And mm -hmm. so I started writing for some publications and then Chosen Books uh, contacted me. And they mm -hmm. said, would you like to write for us? And after I wrote my first book with them, or I, I agreed to write my first book with them, I found this strange note on my phone. And I don't know where it came from, but it said, you have received the mantle of the writing sword. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is the most interesting thing ever. Um, and I, I really took it to heart. I believe the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit dropped that onto my, my notes in, in my phone for me. I didn't write it. And, and so I've been writing ever since. Um, this is... Uh, I just finished my sixth book and I, I just started my seventh. And so, wow. you know, it's going to keep going. Wow. So what was, which book was your first one? My first one was the intercessors handbook. That was uh, basically our prayer journey here mm -hmm. at harvest church and how we broke up in the city in intercession. And it was very uh, unusual. I kept saying, these are the kind of things that happen in foreign countries. They don't happen in small, far towns. You know, this is a farm town, you know, mm -hmm. sweet little faces, um, you know, and suddenly the, the devil shows up uh, for uh, for this church, you know, <laughs> and what's going on here uh -huh. um, and trying to navigate, you know, navigate spiritual spiritual happenings that I had not ever heard about. And I had to really seek God and the word and the Holy Spirit. Uh, is this even real? Mm -hmm. um, but but the fruit was there. Um, mm -hmm. We saw the fruit of it, the fruit of intercession. And so I wrote the book uh, initially to my church because I was tired, tired of teaching the story. I, I wanted to give them a book so I wouldn't have to keep starting over. And, <laughs> and so um, I had written my own edition and then Chosen Books picked that up and it ended up going all over the globe. Um, mm -hmm. It's in three languages now, English, wow. Indonesian and German. And, you know, it's just, um, that was my first book. It's, you know, it's a classic. A lot of people still go to it. They do Bible studies out of it. Mm -hmm. And it awakens uh, intercession in your church and just kind of gives the reality of it. Say, so, okay, these mm -hmm. are the, the things that can happen with prayer. Um, but this is, this is how you want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then I've got, they sent me also your book on inner healing and deliverance. So yes. let's talk about that one. Okay, so that was um, book number five. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that was the really, really hard book. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't going to write it the way that I was going to write it because I was dealing with um, organized network, Satanism, uh, even though, you know, this, this story is, uh, you know, several decades old, um, I began to trace some of the things that were still happening in my life, people that were still showing up in my life, um, you know, in connection with all of that. And it's, it's a very weird, long story. Um, and so I was a little nervous about putting the story out there, wondering what that's going to invoke in my life, what that's mm -hmm. going to bring against me. But when I wrote, when I wrote the story, um, you know, the key story uh, about when I was, uh, saw, I was kidnapped and I was put into a, a housing unit as part of this group. I was put into a housing unit uh, temp temporarily and it was mm -hmm. a satanic ritual, um, prostitution, the whole thing. And I had 
the the handler, the organizer on the inside, he was a friend of mine and he was keeping me from a, a lot of what was going on there. Um, he got caught, he was murdered for doing that. It's a very punitive environment. And so, uh, you know, and I didn't remember that until, um, you know, I was close to 50 years old. I, don't, I literally blocked all of that out. And when I remembered, I started to grieve as if it just mm -hmm. happened. And then um, as I was writing the book, I remember just thinking, I'm gonna write this story out. And it was the most therapeutic thing I had ever done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can I not write this book in truth and write all of the details? Cause I've been in deliverance ministry forever, um, but I didn't plan to tell this story. I was gonna mm -hmm. keep it back. And I decided after I wrote about um, that young man who basically saved my life, uh, and how he he was you know murdered trying to help me. Uh, after I wrote his story, it was it was like I I had to write all the details, and I did it in as a memorial uh, to his life because uh, he was never he was never eulogized, never never given a funeral, nothing. And I'm like amazing it, the justice that I have seen. I mean that is an amazing justice statement of the Lord that even if everybody forgot you, God didn't forget you. And so um, put his memory back in the book. So he lives on in the book. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's some, that's some stuff to remember there when you, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's definitely a new process mm -hmm. when you find that out. Yeah. So, all right. Now let's talk about your latest book, um, Awaken the Dreamscape. Now, this is something I've always been interested in because I know there's a lot of people out there that God talks to them in dreams. Yeah. And also the enemy likes to come at you in dreams. Oh, so yeah. let's, let's talk about number one, how you decided that this was the book you were going to write and what you hope people will gain. Well, I had uh, dreams uh, taken away from me for mm -hmm. a season and uh, it's such a key area of the voice of God in our life. And I was pregnant mm -hmm. with my daughter. Um, for whatever reason, my imagination went dark. You know, we think in pictures, a lot of us, mm -hmm. you know, we see pictures right? and that part of me just uh, started like to fade out and then just went dark and I couldn't figure it out. And then at night I couldn't sleep at all. So I um, mm -hmm. definitely wasn't dreamy, um, but I, I stayed awake so many nights. It, it's like, I didn't realize till later, I'm like, there had, there was a supernatural battle going on. There had to have been. Mm -hmm. And I went to my doctor cause I was having, um, I was starting to go into uh, early labor because I wasn't mm -hmm. sleeping at all. And she gave me some uh, medication that you can take as a pregnant person. And so I was achieving four to five hours of sleep a night as a pregnant woman. I spent the last half of my pregnancy kind of like that. Mm -hmm. After I had my daughter be a C-section, um, uh, my sleep returned. It was like, honestly, oh, this battle's over, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And a couple weeks later, I had uh, one of those dreams. He said, well, the devil can get in there too. Uh, yeah, for sure. He, and he did. Um, mm -hmm. I had a dream where I, I saw myself in the dream. I was, uh, terribly addicted to prescription medication and I woke up out of the dream confused. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm don't never had a problem with prescription drugs. Uh, I wasn't abusing prescription drugs. I was taking some at the time because I had a C-section, but I wasn't abusing it. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, uh, but I was confused and I was yeah. thinking that I was, and I was thinking that I was going to uh, take too much. I was going to OD. So I got rid of it, mm -hmm. but I, I was just confused. 
And so um, I realized something was happening with my mind and then the insomnia came back, panic attacks set in. Um, I, I wasn't sleeping hardly at all. Um, and then a couple years later into this, you know, I was taking, now I was taking medicine for postpartum. That's what they thought it was. Uh, someone said, I had a, I had a vision. I saw you in your backyard, uh, or excuse me, I had a vision. I was in your front yard and I was pouring oil in your front yard, telling a mind bending spirit to leave. This lady texted me this vision mm -hmm. and I said, well, do what you saw in the vision. So she did. And in a couple hours, my mind returned. Mm -hmm. And so I knew right there that I had been in a spiritual battle the whole time, didn't know mm -hmm. what I was up against. But what was amazing is my dreams returned. I started mm -hmm. to sleep. I started to dream. Um, mm -hmm. But there was a prophetic quality to it. I would have a dream at night. I would see it the next day. And and I was like, wow, this is fantastic. So I started writing all my dreams down. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't know how to interpret them. But I started writing down knowing that God was speaking. And um, so that's that's what really got me interested. I just didn't know how to interpret dreams. That was a whole nother journey. But that's really what what kicked it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how have you witnessed God speaking through your own dreams? Um, well, he'll speak to me and, and give me an alert that something's going on. I need to pay attention to it. I'm learning the dream language. This is, this is something that you just keep learning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a language. You just keep studying it. You keep learning it. Um, and so I, I can't say that I'm as, you know, fluent as, as the, as anybody else. I, I can't say that, but I can say that I have a pretty good idea of what's happening these days. Um, sometimes he'll just, uh, you know, help you to process something in a dream. Have you ever emotionally processed something? Mm -hmm. Boy, that I, I believe that's the design of the Holy spirit. Just help mm -hmm. you to work something through in that state, or maybe he has something to say about it and he'll create a narrative in the night to help resolve something or put your attention on, Hey, this needs to be addressed. You need to consider this. Uh, mm -hmm. sometimes I don't know what they mean. Yeah. And I'll have to bring it to God and say, okay, is, is this even a view? Uh, do I need to pay attention to it? I'll give you an example. Just like this week, I had this dream. And, and again, dreams are not literal. So they're kind of amplified and kind of crazy. Um, but you can get the gist of it. So yeah. I'm in this huge, large library. Um, and and I'm uh, basically verbal abusing uh, some some people on this one particular team in my church. I'm verbally abusing them. Why? Because they're disorganized. And so I'm I'm going after them so strong and loud and, and I'm not being nice at all. Like I'm just being a very bad, bad boss. And so, you know, but the point was there was disorganization. That's what the point was. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up going, okay, I know what I was doing in the dream. Obviously I would never do that. Um, but I need to I need to look at this area of our ministry. Something mm -hmm. is not right. And so it, it just told me, pay attention. I'm yelling. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm extreme. My emotions are going crazy. And that was the Lord getting my attention say, Hey, you need to look at that. Uh, you know, there's something going on here. I might've dismissed it. It was, a, if it was just kind of a calm dream, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it wasn't calm at all. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Dreams. Like I've always been one of those people that I remember a lot of my dreams the next day. Most of them I do. And I actually had one a couple of weeks ago that really was weird. It was so weird. And 
I actually took it to my dad and I said, I don't know why I had this dream because it seems a little extreme. It was just really kind of odd, just out of nowhere. But yeah, and my husband will have really weird dreams too. And his his are really super crazy and they make no sense. <laughs> the one thing I do want to know, um, you were talking about how you didn't know how to interpret your dreams in the beginning. How did you learn how to start taking steps to interpret dreams? Well, I was under the false thinking that if I didn't understand that dream, um, you know, in other words, if it wasn't literal mm -hmm. and plain, that mm -hmm. uh, it was it was not a dream to consider. Mm -hmm. That's what that's and I was confusing them with visions. Visions um, are a more simplistic language is my experience. Dreams are not. They're a more complicated language. Mm -hmm. And and so I didn't know that. And so I was, you know, dismissing a lot of dreams that I, I needed to really not dismiss. And if I mm -hmm. understood symbols and dream structure, I, I wouldn't have, but I didn't at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I was emerging uh, as a minister, as a prophetic voice uh, also at that time. And a very well-known person reached out to me. I was, I was very um, almost flattered that this person would actually reach out to me and ask me to interpret a dream. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the dream, um, you know, again, in my ignorance, I uh, sent back to them in haste. I sent back my opinion of what that dream uh, could mean. Um, I didn't take a lot of time with it. I didn't pray into it. I didn't I didn't do what I would do now. Mm -hmm. And and so the person who is very prophetic and understood dream structure quite a bit um, I sent a note back and said, no, that's not it. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, I mean, it was terrible. It was awful. Um, you know, I was embarrassed, but it provoked me that I need to learn dream interpretation. So um, I went to, you know, the classic John Paul Jackson, uh, you know, uh, he has a whole booklet, study course, everything. And I started there. And I started to learn about dream interpretation and the structure and the process and and really how to how to interpret a dream. Um, and so now, you know, I have a pretty good grip on on a lot of dreams. Some dreams I'm like, I have no idea what that means. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just like, sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I find that uh, foreign symbols uh, that can that can be a little bit difficult for me to navigate because of the cultural overtones. Um, but, um, but, I, but much more often than not, I am nailing my own dreams and feeling very confident about it. And then also having a better grip on what other people are dreaming and why they're dreaming it. Or I know how, I know what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And within that, how can we discern warnings from God and blessings from God in our dreams? Well, um, when the Lord gives you a warning, you know, there, there seems to be an alert on it. You know, you'll feel that alert, you'll feel that alarm, but when God's given it to you, um, there, there should be faith and peace on it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he gives us a holy heads up. He mm -hmm. lets us know, that this is something you need to pray about. This is something that um, I'm going to partner with you on the outcome. I'm going to par partner with you on the answer. God doesn't work outside of us. Mm -hmm. um, people think he does, but he does not. He works with this church. He works at the faith level of his church. And that's why he's speaking to you. Um, and so 
And so he, he will, he will do that. And so, so don't assume that what you're seeing is the end of the story. Um, just presume that God's giving you a narrative. He's showing you what, what could happen and that, you know, you need to get with him and start decreeing those promises, talking to him, getting his, his word on it and going after that uh, in a way that's redemptive. Um, God will also give you, uh, he'll, he'll give you ideas and dreams. Um, he'll give you business ideas. He'll impart graces, anointings. Um, uh, he, when you have gaps, uh, things that are missing in your life uh, that you can't fulfill your destiny or purpose, he might use a dream to impart it to you. It's amazing that that happens. Um, so there's all sorts of things that he does in dreams uh, to help you get ahead, to help you be in the know, uh, to get things started in your world, um, to create something new. And he'll do it in the dream realm because uh, mm -hmm. we're not we're not in an active state of resistance in that in that state. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so so he can get things across to us that maybe during the day he can't. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else about dreams that you would want somebody to know? Well, uh, if if that's you and you're dealing with insomnia, you're dealing with night terrors, um, you're dealing with uh, demonic attacks at night. Uh, there's some people that have some very serious uh, demonic attacks at night. It's serious. And um, I want you to know that God has a sure remedy for you. Uh, for some of you, you're going to need some inner healing and deliverance um, because it's uh, the attacks are perhaps sexual in nature. Um, you know, and you're just like, I mean, it's re people really have some serious issues at night in, in that area uh, because of things that have happened to them or things that they've gotten involved in. And uh, Satan takes advantage of it, goes after your night, goes, goes after you at night. Um, other people is night terrors. Uh, you know, it's just demonic, you know, it, it, demonic um, interference to get you to stop dreaming. Because uh, if you can dream, uh, that's a that's a voice and a channel of the of god that that's a channel of the voice of god that's that satan wants to get in the way of because of how powerful it is there's such a creative element in mm -hmm. your dream life um but here's what i want to tell you that no matter what it is that's in the way god has a remedy for you um you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go after it um, it might be the one thing that you go after for a solid year or two until you until you get get it down there are promises for your sleep there are promises for your deliverance. You might need to go uh, uh, see a counselor. You might go need to see a prayer minister. You might need to do some things. All right. But God wants to get this area nailed in with you. Um, this is the season for it. Um, have you noticed how crazy the world is? Uh, you know, we don't know what's going bit. on. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Okay. And and the things that I, I know from people who would know, um, I, I, I don't I don't like it. Okay, no. I, I'm not I'm not feeling very confident about some things right now. Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing I am confident in is the promises of God. Mm -hmm. And I know that he's going to speak truth in dream realm. Um, you know, he, he's he's a better news station, news channel than any news channel in the earth. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to tell you what's up. and He's also going to give you the answer. You're going to triumph. We need this realm to be open. We need this realm to be awakened to us. And we need to know how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So where can people find you and listen to anything else that you have to say, like through your podcast and all the things? Sure. I have a podcast called Take 10 with Jen. Um, you can just get on iTunes or any of the, the podcast stations. Um, I also have a website, jenniferevaz.com. 
And then uh, social media, I do quite a bit on social media. So I'm, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and YouTube, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jennifer, and good luck. Like I said, her book, Awaken the Dreamscape, came out three weeks ago. So get yourself a copy and start learning how um, God may be speaking to you in your dreams and how to fight the demonic oppressions in your dreams. So Amen. thank you so much, Jen, and you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode.